Hello, friends. It's me, Scott. And I'm sitting here by myself today, getting ready to record episode 500 of the Juicebox podcast. Hey, everybody. Today's show is going to be a, a little different. It'll be a little shorter, and it'll be just me. But I'm here to uh, celebrate, yay, 500 episodes of the Juicebox podcast. I think more than celebrate, I'd like to talk a little bit about how this all started, what I've seen happen, changes and improvements, and where I think the podcast is going to go. 500 is a fairly significant number for a podcast, and I'm proud of it, even though right now it's later at night and I'm a little tired. Uh, so, you know, just imagine me, like, I don't know, talking real excited about it, but I'm just going to kind of mellow out here and chat with you guys for a little bit. I don't usually do this, but for posterity's sake, today's Wednesday, June 23rd, 2001. And I am Scott Benner. This is my podcast. Just in case we talk about anything medical in here, let me just tell you quickly that oh, I ran out of music. Hold on. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. I guess we should start at the beginning. Sometime in August of 2006, our freshly minted two-year-old daughter Arden was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. On August 16th, 2007, very late one night, I decided to start writing a blog about type 1. I called it Arden's Day, and I wrote this. I can't sleep. Haven't really been able to for about a year now. On August 22nd, Arden will be a type 1 diabetic for one year. I'm going to try and relay to all of you what Arden's disease is, how it affects her, and how it affects our family. My goal is to give you a glimpse into our life so that you can better understand type 1 diabetes. My hope is that the understanding will result in your advocacy. Starting now, I'll be updating this site as much as needed to bring you into all of this as completely as possible. I'll be taking pictures and video as much as possible. I think diabetes is one of those things you need to feel to understand. An explanation doesn't just do it justice. It's a much more visceral experience than you may think. This picture above is from just now at 3 a.m. Arden just called me from her bed. She wanted to lay down with us. I checked her blood glucose and it was good. Well, not really good. High, actually about 120 to 150 points higher than a non-diabetics would be. But at 3 a.m., it's good for our purposes. Don't worry, this will all start making sense to you soon. That's it. That's what I wrote. I asked people to share the link with everyone that they knew. And then I went to bed. I called that entry Decided to Share. And that was 14 years ago. And today, in June... We are just about 15 years since Arden was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Back then, I thought, I thought I was doing something like different, you know. 
I later found out that there was a couple of other diabetes blogs back then. I think two or three that I can think of that I'm aware of preceded me on the internet, but I was right there in the beginning of something that now people call the diabetes online community. Pretty cool, actually. Just did this thing because I thought people didn't understand type 1 very well, and I wanted them to understand it better. I thought this blog would do that. Kind of strange thought, I think, as I look back on it now, but it seemed like the only thing to do. You know, I wasn't a doctor, and I didn't know anything special that would help with type 1 diabetes. All I could think was maybe I'd share something and someone would see it. It would change their interpretation of type 1. Back then, I was thinking about it as advocacy, though. I wanted somebody to help. I wrote on that blog a lot for years, and uh, it slowly grew in popularity. At one point, I think I had a million and a half views one year. I think it was about my best year. And from um, what I heard from people who paid attention to stuff like that, it was one of the most popular type 1 diabetes blogs, diabetes blogs actually, in the world. But I never really knew what that meant, nor did I really care. I just kept trying to write things that I thought people would would understand. Something that would stick with them. Something that was real. But before long, all these other blogs started popping up. First there were hundreds, and then there were thousands. There were so many diabetes blogs. They used to do this thing called Diabetes Blog Week, where... um there'd be these writing prompts and everybody would write to the prompts. And one time I did it and then I started reading other people's posts and they were all so similar. Even mine were fairly similar. And I just thought, well, this is a waste of time. Like, Why am I doing a thing that everyone else is doing? This is, this could be gotten anywhere. Like, why am I doing it? I'm just another voice in a sea of voices. I don't even have diabetes. Like I'll let these other people do it. And I stopped. But uh, but not long after, I missed it. I really enjoyed writing on the blog. I think it was the first time that I became aware that the blog was helping me. And by extension, it was helping Arden. I was working out, you know, the kind of crappy stuff that happens when you're raising a small child with diabetes. In writing, I was finding community uh, in the form of other people who would read it. And come on and say, like, oh, that happens to us. You know, like it felt like sameness was important. But after a while, even that felt like it wasn't enough. And we had struggled for so long with A1Cs and the mid to high eights and spiking blood sugars and crashing blood sugars. And Arden had a couple of seizures. Just we didn't know what we were doing, you know. But one day I started to piece it together. I decided to step back from it, stop kind of wallowing in diabetes and try to look at it with fresh eyes. And then I used the blog for that. I was writing, so I needed something to write about. And you probably heard me say it before, but I told uh, Arden's nurse practitioner, I asked her, you know, if I gave you a magic wand and you could only change one thing about how people see type 1 diabetes, what would you do? And she said, I'd make them not be afraid of insulin. 
So I started writing about that. If you were reading it, it probably felt like I was telling you not to be afraid of insulin. But the truth is that back then, I was talking myself out of being afraid of insulin. And it worked. I stopped being afraid. I started using the blog as a conduit for experiences, management experiences, instead of just like diabetes is sad and I hate this and, you know, all that stuff like that was just anybody could have said that, you know, I started getting kind of angry that nobody was trying to make it better. They were just trying to make it okay, which I I think has real value. Don't get me wrong, but I guess I just wanted more from it. So I started figuring things out, and if you listen to the show or if you've been through the Pro Tip series, you know how I think about managing diabetes, but I started figuring those things out little by little and writing about them as I had them rock solid in my head. Like once I had an idea down and I knew it would work, I would just boil it down to its simplest form, like its its least common denominator idea so that it would work for as many people as possible, and then I would share it in writing. I did that for forever, seven, uh, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, about eight years into it, the internet started to shift as it does. And the way people used it would change and change again. People just stopped reading quite as much. And I, uh, I started a podcast. I called it the juice box podcast because there were just so many juice boxes around the house. I put up the first episode on January 28th, 2015. Now, what made me think of a podcast? I was on a, on a TV show because I had written a book and the host, the hostess told me I was really good at talking to people and it stuck with me for a couple of years. But mostly, mostly I chose a podcast because I didn't know what else to do. It just seemed like the next avenue to reach people that was viable. And I guess to give the the situation some fair credit, I used to talk to a lot of people on the phone about their diabetes, one-on-one. Talk to mothers and adults and, you know, whoever found their way to me. And I do my best to point them in the right direction. But more and more as those phone calls went on, I would think, I bet you people would like to listen in on this. Like, this is interesting. Like I, I, we said some things here today that might have been heartwarming or helpful. And so I started a podcast. Episode, you know, zero is just a microphone test. It's like a placeholder. And I was working on something to explain the podcast when I got this opportunity to interview this guy named Adam Lasher. And um, he was on American Idol, and he had type 1. And that was my first episode, was an interview with this guy from American Idol. And then I always think of the podcast as starting after that in episode 2. But there it was, beginning of 2015. I had a diabetes podcast. As a matter of fact, I had the only diabetes podcast. And uh, it just jumped right in. Started telling the stories of the things that I learned. And I hear a lot of you say that episode three and episode four are really meaningful to you. I was talking to guys about Night Scout. and I didn't even know what Night Scout was, you know. It's 
kind of crazy. By the time I get to episode 11, and I don't even remember what episode 11 is about, if I can be completely honest with you, I'd have to go back and listen to it. But I called it Bold with Insulin. And years later, I started seeing people online talking about being bold with insulin. And I thought one day, like, that's gotta be me, right? Like, that's not a coincidence, right? That's not a colloquialism. People don't say that. I've never heard anyone say that before. It's just the title of an episode. And you guys know, I, the way I put titles on these episodes, like, I just edit them. And as I'm going through, I look for words and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. It's not some crazy, well thought out process. But anyway, I just started to see people referring back to the show. In those first years, it's crazy, but like this month, we'll have more downloads or streams. I know if I say downloads, some of you get confused, but listens. People will listen to this show more this month than they did in the first two years of the podcast combined. This month, we'll have more downloads in 2015 and 2016 combined. That just blows my mind. When people write to me to say that, they listened to episode 11 and it changed their life or that the podcast has brought them some sort of clarity or happiness or health. <clears throat> I mean, it's just crazy. I don't mean to keep saying that, but I can't believe I'm sitting here right now telling you that this is the 500th episode of the juice box podcast. But, but the, the process that I was going through writing the blog, like having experience, <clears throat> hashing it out, getting it, getting it just right to share. And then that process expanding my knowledge of diabetes <clears throat> and then having that process expand my knowledge of diabetes, which, which directly helps my daughter and my family. It just kept happening and it, it doubles over itself after a while. Like, just think about it. I talk about type one diabetes with a different person three or four days a week. Like you guys don't hear as many as I record every week. So I get to keep having these conversations and, and these aha moments and figuring things out and fine tuning how to say things and fine tuning how to think about things and having access to conversations with you know people from different companies and knowing about technology and where it's going and like I know stuff you guys don't know that I'm not allowed to say there's some cool stuff happening and I don't just know it's not like I know and you don't know and eh. I'm thinking right now in 2021 about how to talk to you about diabetes in 2022 and beyond. This has just become my profession. It's become a calling. Uh, sometimes I see it as an art. And it keeps helping my daughter, my family, and hopefully you. I, I genuinely love making this podcast trying to decide 
I'm looking here for you. When's the first time Jenny Smith comes on the podcast? Now, before I tell you that, it had some pretty impactful conversations in the first like 20 or 30 episodes. Um, back then, though, 30 episodes was like six months of the podcast, whereas now I think I put 12 up a week, a month. <clears throat> but I had had some fairly impactful conversations, right? Some moms would come on and just talk about how things were. But then Henry's mom came on and like she had a real problem with adhesive allergies. And that's when I became very aware of that. Megan's mom talked about celiac disease and I became more aware of it. Someone came on to talk about, you know, how much anxiety they had around traveling. And I began to realize that that's a real concern for people when they're more newly diagnosed. Will Halver's mom came on and talked about losing her son while he was in college. I think that's when I was hooked on hearing people's conversations for real. Linda Halver comes on and she's just so honest about her son's life. And I thought, but people have stories that, that other people need to hear. And sometimes I do like, you know, interviews with, you know, race car drivers that have diabetes and sometimes they'd be great and sometimes they wouldn't. But like I had Chris Freeman on, he has type one, he was an Olympian and like, there's something about Chris's attitude about diabetes that I really enjoy. Like there's kind of a no nonsense, take care of yourself feeling from Chris. And I thought, that's cool. I like that. You kind of take little pieces of people as you go, right? Dexcom came on for the first time in 2015 to talk about the, the G5 approval. And I think you guys probably just heard, I'm not sure when this will go up, but a day or so ago, right about, uh, about G7. And if it didn't go up, it'll be up very soon. The next really impactful episode 29, was just a moment. A moment in that conversation with a mother of a child with type 1 where she came to the realization that she had gotten comfortable with 200 blood sugars. And we talked about how she got to it the first time. How the doctor had set this range. And the first time she left the range, it didn't feel like she went that far. So it wasn't really that big of a deal. And then it kept stretching and expanding. Oh, it's just 120. It's just 140. It's just 150. You know, the range was to 180. It's not a big deal if I go to 200. And suddenly she just realized that one day 200 was the norm. And she she had a moment. Like I, I could hear her have a moment. And that kind of stuff, it's, uh, it's organic. You can't make it up. And somebody just jumping on the podcast and telling you it doesn't have the same impact as someone realizing it in the moment. It doesn't have the same impact as when episode 33, when a mother realized that she resents diabetes. Or when we have a kid on who's a teenager, who's just really legit good at talking about their life. And you realize that, wow, there's some hope here. Like kids could figure this out. I had a woman on who was 60 and recently diagnosed. I didn't know that could happen. And then Jenny comes on. Jenny. 
Jenny Smith. I meet her for the first time in November of 2015. I have no idea who she is. She's just a person that comes on the show. But she like stuck with me, you know. Then I started catching a little, you know, a little good feeling going. I could start getting people on. I had Victor Garber on, I think, in the first week of 2016. I'm like, that guy was in Titanic. Like, you know Victor Garber? Like, alias Titanic? You know what I'm saying? The man's legit. He's an actor. He has type 1 diabetes. He's on with me. We started talking about getting off the roller coaster and Sam Fold came on for the first time, and I think Sam's been on like two or three times since then. Podcast started getting a little juice, so people from the JDRF would show up, or Bigfoot Biomedical wanted to talk about their new uh, pump they were working on. And then Terry came on. Remember Terry lives on a boat? What a great conversation that was. I'll never forget when Joan told me that she was raising her daughter's son and that he had type 1 diabetes. Such a real conversation. And from there, it just built and built. And you could start seeing the, like episode 62, Unfounded Diabetes Fear. That was the first time I talked about fear on the podcast. And it was the probably fourth or fifth time that specific ideas about management would come up in episodes. And I started sort of like in my mind going like, well, we mentioned something here. That's important. There's this thing here that's important. There's these management ideas. I think if you put them in this order, they lead to good blood sugars. And they did. I just kept doing the podcast and doing the podcast and having this feeling like I should have Jenny back on I love talking to Jenny. I love the way Jenny thought about type 1 diabetes. So I had her back. I forget where. What episode? I can't remember. In the hundreds somewhere. Meanwhile, we're talking to all these people who are living with type 1. And the fabric of the show is starting to really tighten up and be, become something. At episode 100, I revisited Bold with Insulin. Like, I listened to it and talked over it. Not really over it, but I would I kind of added some commentary to it. Episode 102, a girl came on who was kidnapped in her own car and escaped by using her insulin pump out of the trunk. Crazy. You never hear anybody talk about that. Like, no one ever says to me, hey, do you remember the episode where the girl came on and she was carjacked and thrown in her own trunk? Like, I'm amazed every day when somebody doesn't write me about that one. It's crazy, crazy, crazy story. So Jenny comes back on in 2017. And we just kind of talk about A1Cs. Episode, uh, episode 105. And I just, I couldn't shake her from that. I was like, this, this person has to come back on the show. I keep making the show, keep making the show for years. 2017, 2018. And one day I'm like, I am going to, I'm going to put all the, the ideas from the show together. And I I realized that once you started getting into the hundred, 150, 200 episodes of the podcast, yes, I believe if you listen straight through from the beginning, you'll be really good at managing type one just kind of happens. But What about the people who can't make it through all the episodes? 
I have to put together some like tips, right? So I reached out to Jenny and I said, I'm going to make these pro tips. Like, would you do that? And she was down. So we started making a list about what to do. And I'm, I'm clicking through all my episodes while I'm talking to you right now. And I'm seeing episodes about Izzy. Episode 149, Izzy had a, a car accident. She almost died when she had a low blood sugar. It's amazing, um, amazing conversation. Really strong young girl. And I started interjecting more of my kind of like living concepts. Like there's an episode called Worry is a Waste of Imagination which is something I say in my personal life. Um, and uh, I start talking about complications more. People are coming on and talking about their complications. And I'm trying to build this narrative where you can listen to this show and get a full, complete understanding of what it's like to live with type 1. And from so many different perspectives that you are likely to find one that speaks to you. Around episode 160, I do an episode called Diabetes Fast Forward. It was the first time I realized that listening to the show could get you through the process of not understanding diabetes more quickly. That's a big deal to me, that you don't have to live for years and, and struggle for years to get ideas together that make sense. Anyway, Jenny comes on at 2.20 and... Uh, we start doing the pro tip episodes and I'm incredibly proud of them. Jenny's a treasure. And then we started doing defining diabetes and every once in a while we take questions from the audience and I try to mix it up, you know, so that it's not the same thing over and over again, every day, every week, every month. But Jenny's a constant. I'll, I'll have Jenny on this show for as long as she'll do it because she adds a, she adds a perspective that, that I think plays well against mine. I think it's good for, for you to listen to. Anyway, if you're still listening, the podcast is important to me. I believe it does a public good. And I'm proud of how it's coalesced and what I've learned while I'm putting these episodes together and how last week informs this week, which informs next month which informs how I think about next year and beyond and different ways to help you, the people who are listening or entertain you, the people who are listening or give you a sense of community or purpose. I don't want you to feel like you're less than or burdened. And when I know that some of you do feel that way, it's heartbreaking. And I know that everyone can't be everyone can't be in the same place, right? And there are going to be some people who are are so sure that the way things used to be or the way their health is today is the way it's always going to be. But I don't think that's true. I think you could all have this thing, this stability and comfort and health. I think it's within reach. And this podcast is my best attempt to get it to you. It is really the best thing I can think of. I'm doing it the best way that I can. 
And I think it's possible that if you just listen through, you'll kind of come out the other side with a different perspective. You might come as close to the perspective that I have as you possibly could. Because I'm going to tell you that talking to all of these people, having these conversations is, um, it's a gift. It has significantly improved me as a person. It has significantly improved my ability to think about things and see other people's perspectives. It makes me feel hopeful, happy, surrounded. I think it could do that for you too. And I know there's hundreds of episodes and nobody has that kind of time, but I think you do. I think you have that kind of time. If that's where you're going to get at the end, if you're going to get to contentment and health, then I don't see how you don't have the time for, um, you know, to help yourself. So anyway, uh, the podcast is um, ad-supported. First advertiser ever was Omnipod. I decided today, decided today, I decided on Saturday, a few days ago, excuse me, that whenever this podcast should end, the last person who's going to be a guest on the podcast is going to be the person who worked at Omnipod who said yes to buying ads on the podcast. She's not even at Omnipod anymore. I don't think I've ever said her name on here. But I asked her if she would be the last guest, whenever that is. And I don't think it's going to be for quite some time. But I think she's going to do it. And on that day, we're going to talk about about taking a chance, about putting the idea of helping people first, about a leap, about a blind faith about just hearing something in someone's voice and believing in them. And I don't know when you'll get that one. I hope it's not till episode 2000. I think I could do this for 1,500 more episodes. Um, But one day you're going to hear from Natalie. And Natalie is the whole reason that the podcast exists. Because making a podcast is a full-time job, especially when you put out three episodes a week. There is more that goes into this show than I could ever explain to you or that you could imagine. It is late at night here on a Wednesday. I've been working on the show since 9.30 this morning. I've recorded an episode. I've edited three of them. I've put down live ads. I've done the computer work. I've booked a show that we're going to record next week about an idea about living that I think applies to diabetes. And I don't know if anybody will We even think that right away when you say it. But when you see an episode called Cost Sunk Fallacy, like don't skip it just because you're like, I don't know what that means. Don't skip that one, okay? Don't don't skip any of them. This is all very purposeful. Anyway, yeah, sunk cost fallacy. What do you hear about that? It's super interesting. 
but Natalie um, she takes a takes a flyer on me, right? A, a leap of faith, and she says that the money, the very little bit of money that Omnipod used to pay me to write on their blog many years ago, I don't have to write on their blog anymore. She'll buy ads on a podcast, a podcast that has no one listening to it, and um, I told her this almost word for word. I said. I'm going to make a podcast about type one diabetes. It's only goal is going to be to help people. And I would like it if you could help me help them. That was it. And she said, yes, not crazy. Nobody was listening back then. I think that back then 1300 people, I think downloaded the show the first month, 1300. I'm going to be honest with you. A lot more than 1,300 people download this show every day now. But back then, that's what it was. And she got behind it. And because she was behind it, with a little bit of money, I could turn to my wife and say, hey, this time I'm spending making this podcast. Like, look, we have a little bit of money from it. Maybe one day there'll be a little more money from it. Like, give me a chance to build it up. I think Dexcom was next. And then from there, I started getting my choice. Like I could ask people to be advertisers. I didn't have to wait for somebody to come to me. And the, um, you know, the show had real kind of gravitas by then and people wanted to be involved in it. And when that happens, when it funds itself better, when it pays my bills better, I'm able to put more time and resources into it. And you guys come along and you're so supportive. You guys started a, buy me a coffee page recently because people just wanted to send a little bit of money, a couple dollars a month. That was amazing. I never would have expected that. I'm recording this right now on a, a brand new dedicated computer. Uh, my, my computer was having trouble doing all the things I needed it to do. Plus being the place where a podcast was recorded. And I used the money. Um, you guys, when you guys go to t1dexchange.org, forward slash juice box and fill out their survey. I get some money every time one of you completes that survey. And I use that money to buy this computer and the monitor that it's on and all kinds of stuff here. There's a light so that when we do stuff live, I can see you better and you can see me better and a, a clearer camera. That's all just to talk to you. I don't use that stuff if I'm not conversing with the audience in some way. But it came from you. It came from your support. Omnipod comes back every year because of your support. So Dexcom and Gvoke and Contour and Touch by Type 1. Touch by Type 1, the organization that, that gave me a place to speak in person for the very first time. And then based on what I did there that day, I got more and more speaking events. And that made me better at this. Every time I do something, I get better at this stuff. Every experience builds on to another experience. It's all because of you guys. And because of Natalie and because of Katie Couric, who said I was good at talking to people. And because of so many things. So many things that, again, just sort of like are woven into the fabric of what the podcast is. I never thought I would get to 200 episodes, let alone 300, let alone 400. 
and now five. And I mean, let's be honest, another hundred is what? Jeez. hundred episodes divided by three, three, six, six 30 some weeks, right? There's going to be 600 before you know it. When I started this year, this 2021, I thought <clears throat> I'm going to hit 3 million downloads in April-ish around there and probably get to 4 million around Christmas. That was my thought. That's how it looked like it was going to me. And now I'm thinking we might get to 4 million September. And that's because you guys share the show with each other. Like I've never bought an ad. I don't know how to, I wouldn't even know how to do that, to be honest. I don't know where you would do that. I don't have the money to do that. There's a lot of reasons there's no ads, but mostly it's because they're not necessary because you guys just listen to the show and share it with someone else. It's a, it's an incredible kindness for me, for this tapestry that we're weaving together for my daughter's health. You know, sometimes I just think of this show as a podcast time capsule, like just this thing that I'm leaving behind for my daughter, a place where I can take all the conversations that have made me a good dad and uh, all the conversations that have made me uh, good at taking care of diabetes, all the, the things that I've learned that make her healthier, help her live her days easier. And I just think there's no way to tell it all to her. You know, I can't get it all into her head. I can leave this thing behind and maybe this will help her. Maybe it'll help you. Maybe in my old age, I'll listen back to it. Maybe my children will get to know me better when I'm gone one day because of this. Or the world will know how much it meant to me that they were healthier than, than they are today. Just a little bit, right? Just get a little a little better, a little easier. But mostly this is, this is for you, Arden. I didn't know another way to tell you all this stuff. I think everybody else benefits from it and that's amazing. But, uh, it's just really for you. So, uh, yeah. That was a bummer. <clears throat> uh, or nice. Depends on how you think of it, I guess. It's 500 episodes. They're sponsors. Please support them. I guess if you want to buy me a cup of coffee, you can. On buymeacoffee.com. Is that what it is? I don't even know. But mostly, please listen. Subscribe in a podcast app. Please. They're all free. There's tons of podcast apps. If you don't know where to find one, go to juiceboxpodcast.com. Just scroll down a little bit right there. You'll see, listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Pandora. There's ways to subscribe through Android phones. It'll take you to other Android apps. You can ask Amazon Alexa to play the show. You can ask Siri to play the show. There's a million ways to listen, but the best way for me is if you're inside of an app on your phone or on your computer and you've subscribed, that's a big deal to the show. It's a big deal when you leave a, a good rating and a well-thought-out review wherever you listen. But mostly, it's just amazing if you download, listen, and share. Share, share, share. Please share the show with somebody else. All the other stuff you could forget about. Don't buy me a cup of coffee. Don't, 
don't blah, blah, blah. Don't just share the show with other people. I know that's difficult because where do you find other people with diabetes? Part of the great thing about the show is that it gives you a community that you can't find anywhere else. But tell your doctor. If you're having a great success and your doctor's like, how'd you do this? Like, I used to joke earlier in the, in the years of the show, like, don't tell anybody you heard it on a podcast. They'll think you're crazy. But I don't think that anymore. If your doctor asks you how you figured this out, be like, you know what? It's nuts. But there's a man who talks to me through my phone. He told me how to pre-ball this. Crazy, right? Because then the doctor might listen and they might tell someone else. Because I'm 50 years old and I won't be able to do this forever. And I want to reach as many people as I can. I want as many people as possible to know that their blood sugars don't have to bounce up and down. That that doesn't have to be their life. That they aren't alone. And all the other stuff that comes from this thing that I made. That I'm very proud of. Okay. Well. Uh, there's no ads on the podcast this week, but please remember to support Dexcom, the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter, Omnipod, T1D Exchange, Gevo Glucagon, Touch by Type 1, I think TrialNet's coming on soon, but we haven't written anything down yet, so I don't have links yet for that. <clears throat> and all the other sponsors, if you have a need for one of these things, all I'm asking is you, click my link when you check it out. You don't have to buy it, you know, and, and if you don't ever want to click on it, don't, it's fine. But if you have the need, there's links on juiceboxpodcast.com. When you go through them, the companies know you came through the podcast. And that will have them consider making uh, a podcast ad buy for the following year. Like that's it, right? T1D exchange, I get a little money every time you finish, you fill out the survey. But for the other stuff, there's no like every time someone clicks, I make a dollar or something like that. It's just, you know, if they see value coming from the podcast, they'll keep they'll keep buying ads on the podcast. I, I, I can't be any more honest than that or any more clear. Uh, when the podcast gets ads, gives me time to work on the podcast. And some of the things that I'm working on, I get a little nervous to say out loud because sometimes people like my ideas a lot and use them for themselves. But some of the stuff they can't, they can't get in front of me on. One of them that I'm excited about that probably won't happen for months and months and months, but it's happening right now somewhere. I'm having the diet, the defining diabetes episodes animated, like the little ones that explain like, this is a bolus. And there's a short conversation between me and Jenny and I'm having them animated so that you guys can share them more easily with people. And even maybe with children, Jenny and I are going to do a series about questions that kids ask. We're doing a series about variables that impact blood sugars. This is going to go on for years. I love making this podcast. It really is. It really is a side of my family and my children. It's uh, it really is the great joy of of my adult life. Um, I love making this podcast. I love what it does for people. It gives me a sense of comfort and calm to know that you're all doing so well, or that you have the chance to do well. And um, I'm just trying to do my part, you know, 
to trying to make the world a little bit a better place. This one little, this one little small space. So, um, when you hear me cavalierly say support the sponsors and support the show after an ad or, you know, click on my link or stuff like, I know that stuff is irritating or it can be, I try so hard to make it entertaining uh, for you so that it's not, but it's all very necessary because if this goes away, I go away, this podcast goes away and then I'm just a really chatty cashier at Walmart and, uh, there's no more podcast. Um, I have bills and children and a home and college to pay for and, you know, a car payment and I buy food and stuff like that too. So I know that you all understand that. I just, I'm from a generation where it feels very strange to ask you. And so that it it makes me feel a little odd, but anyway, support the sponsors. I guess I shouldn't be, um, I guess I shouldn't be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Embarrassed by this. But, uh, if you go to buy me, coffee, buy me a coffee.com forward slash juice box. You can, uh, leave me a couple bucks or you can, uh, become a, a member, which would make like a, could make like a small amount or any amount you want really every month. Uh, and that money is just going to come here and I'm going to, I'm going to pay my bills with it. I'm going to send my kids to college. I'm going to pay an animator. I'm going to buy computers that's what I'll do with your money. If you send it to me, I'll really appreciate it and I will do it to keep <clears throat> and I, I will use it to keep myself afloat so that I can keep making this podcast for as long as you want to hear this podcast. Anyway, 500 episodes is absolutely bonkers. 4 million downloads almost. That's nuts. I don't really talk about the backroom stuff about the podcast too often, but podcast is right in about the 96th percentile of all podcasts on Apple. That doesn't mean anything to most of you, but it does to me. This podcast, uh, even though it's a niche podcast, it is uh, heard by a lot of people. And um, it's just pretty cool. All right. I love you guys. And to all of you kids that listen, I'm sorry that I curse. Just know that if you weren't listening, I would curse so much more. (laughs) I love cursing. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for supporting the show, for downloading it, subscribing, sharing, however it is that you put yourself behind it. Ooh, also, I I should say, the uh, the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes, really, really, that's a great group. If you're uh, interested in talking about management with other people, I'm super proud of that. Give me another minute. Um... When I was younger, back when I was younger, back when I was writing that blog is what I should have said. I used to pitch to people whenever they were like, we want to work with you. I'd like, we should build a, a base for all the blogs. I wanted there to be, um, I don't, I don't know, like a repository where they all were at. I, I kept thinking of it that way, you know, and then you realize that everybody's writing and they all would want, you know, some money or something. It it was untenable. You couldn't do it. Like, how do you, but but I thought there should be a place online where all the best blogs were curated. And that just never worked out. It was a good idea, by the way, people should have listened to me, but that's not the point. The point is that didn't work out. What I've come to realize is that the Facebook group is that, except it's interactive, right? Instead of asking a blogger to write something every day, someone writes something when it's really meaningful to them. And then other people come in and support that. 
or add to it. I think it, I think it actually, even though it's on Facebook and I know some people are like, Oh, I don't like Facebook. I'm not a big Facebook person myself, but this group over 12,000 people now, 12,000 people with type one diabetes, it's curated conversation about type one. And it's curated by the people who have something to say, not by one person who says, you know, let's put in that question and this one. And I don't even moderate it at all. I just let people talk. Sometimes they fight. I'm like, people, stop fighting. And that's like the end of my moderation. I just, I like people to be adults. I like them to work through their ideas, have their thoughts, let people agree or disagree with them. It's a wonderful spot. If you're on Facebook, I, I would really look. It's, it's, it's something else. I'm proud of it. It's an odd thing to say because in my heart of hearts, I wish I wasn't on Facebook. I don't even... I don't want to be on Facebook, but, but it's, it's, I don't think of it as Facebook. It's a place, right? Like, I guess if I could make my own place online, I would, but, um, but even that, that's what the podcast is to me. The podcast is curated ideas about diabetes. And instead of different bloggers coming in every day and writing, I get different humans coming in, different people living with diabetes to come in and they tell their, their most passionate stories, right? So the podcast is almost like a blog you can hear, et cetera. Anyway, it's all part of the fabric that I was talking about before. So I didn't mean to go backwards there. I just wanted to joke with the kids about cursing and then I was going to go, but then I brought that up and now I'm really out of here. At the beginning, when I said this was going to be short, like none of you believe that, right? I I didn't even believe it as I was saying, I was like, this will just be short. And I was like, I'm going to start talking and I'm going to hit a vibe. And anyway, I love talking. I hope you love listening. If you didn't, we don't really have a podcast. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Happy 500th episode. I'll see you at 1,000.